Good morning. Welcome to this assembly. And we want to say right in the beginning that you're invited back at 5 o'clock. I'll be addressing the topic at 5 o'clock, Senior Prayers. And one point I'll make is, if you want to be effective and strong in your praying in your senior years, the time to begin is in your junior years. It will be a sermon for everyone at 5 o'clock. Now this morning, I'm returning to a series. I'm delivering one Sunday morning a month this year, and it's called, It's What Christians Do, and it's based on the book of Acts. Here's a brief review. In January, attention was given to that phrase in Acts 2 and verse 42. It says, of Christians, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. In February, we discovered that Christians are united. They stick together. They form local active groups, and that's under the teaching of the apostles. And then in March, how Christians shared with other Christians in time of disaster and need. So, being devoted to the apostles' teaching, being united and sharing with one another, it's what Christians do. We're working with that theme again this morning, and I'm going to ask you to listen again to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, to that passage... I want to add two others. In Acts 3, 8 and 9, Acts chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, when the man lame from birth was healed, it says, And leaping up he stood and began to walk, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And then one more in Acts 4 and verse 21 after the apostles were threatened by the authorities, it says they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. So, here's our subject today. Praising God. It's what Christians do. But what does this mean? 
That's an important question. We've all heard the expression, praise God. People in the world who may have no firm religious commitment to the Bible use that expression, praise God. It may be one of those cases where we just assume that everybody knows what we mean. And we've heard the phrase over and over. It's a part of common vernacular. And so we just say it, perhaps without much thought, about what it means, the seriousness of it, and what the Bible says about it. Shouldn't we make sure we know what it means to praise God? And shouldn't we make certain we know what occasions and what events and what reactions ought to provoke that response of seriously praising God. What does it mean to praise God? And then the follow-up question, should we pay more attention to what this should mean to us, to me, and to you? Let me spend a few minutes just working with the word praise itself in its biblical context. The Hebrew word translated praise means to give thanks, to confess, and to acknowledge the greatness of. To give thanks and confess acknowledging the greatness of. And you will not be surprised when I say to you that the book in the Old Testament that uses this word most often is the book of Psalms. You'll be reading in the book of Psalms <clears throat> in the Old Testament, and you'll discover David bursting into praise. He's speaking of God's greatness. He's giving thanks. He's confessing, and he's acknowledging the excellence and the greatness of the God that he depends on. That's praise. I want to note, not just in times of joy and victory, but also when David was hurting, when he was fearful, when he was angry with his enemies, he praised God. He proclaimed the glory of God. He worshiped God. He sung the praises of God, and he asked people to join him in honoring God. That's what praise is all about. In the New Testament, the word has similar meaning. Dictionaries will say something like this, to glorify God, to speak well of Him, to express our entire dependence on Him. So in the New Testament, there is Mary's song of praise in Luke chapter 1. When Jesus heals someone, you read about this in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When Jesus heals someone, praise would be offered by the people. As we read a moment ago, the early Christians spoke of God's wondrous power. And even in jail, Paul and Silas praised God in song. So, we start with this idea of speaking highly of God. 
not just some worldly context where you're expressing surprise or you're thanking someone for something, speaking highly of God, expressing from a heart of reverence to Him and to others that God is worthy, He is powerful, He is gracious, and He is to be held in reverence. But here's what I need to say. This cannot just be something we say. This is spoken almost in our society as a byword or a common exclamation. It must be more than just something we say. It must be something that comes from a heart that respects God and that considers Him to be worthy, powerful, gracious, and we hold Him in reverence not only with words that come from our lips, but actions and reactions and behaviors and attitudes that are based in our heart. Now what I want to do is emphasize how serious this is from the book of Acts. I want to call attention to four praiseworthy occasions documented in the book of Acts. Four praiseworthy occasions documented in the book of Acts. Number one, obedience. When you observe someone in obedience to God, that's praiseworthy, the praise being offered to God. Certain events and decisions and occasions in life seem to automatically elicit immediate joy and praise. Secular examples would be high school and college graduations that are coming up in a few weeks, or births, or birthdays, or award ceremonies. But folks, there's nothing better than to witness someone obey the Lord in baptism. And as you scroll through the news feeds on social media, if you have Christians as your friends on social media, among all the other stuff that will come up in the news feed, occasionally, as it was, I think, this morning or last night, there will be a picture or a video of someone being baptized. It causes you <clears throat> to stop what you're doing and thank God that people can make the choice to get out of sin and go to heaven. It is time to praise God when you witness obedience to Him. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, after that multitude of people obeyed the gospel of Christ, what were they doing? When you read after the conversion took place, what were they doing? Among other things, it says they were praising God. Obedience. When we hear of it, when we witness it, when we encourage it, when we teach it from Scripture, should be a cause for praising God. Obedience to the gospel itself praises God shows respect for Him. It is a response to the cross of Christ. It is enabled by the grace of God. Obedience is a product of faith, 
and it sets the obedient one on a good course in life, a journey toward heaven. It is a praiseworthy occasion. When you witness obedience, talk about obedience, teach obedience, praise God, there can be obedience to Him that will lead us in a good direction. When you are discouraged by sin in the world, when you're wondering if good people will survive the storm of opposition, when you are down and you just can't seem to find joy, look at people who are striving to be obedient to God, even if they're few in number, and rejoice and praise God. Gratitude is an occasion that ought to provoke praise to God. In Acts 3, verses 8 and 9, and then also in Acts 4, 21, when these people were thankful for God's mercy, it led them to praise Him. Praise and gratitude stand very close together. I think the Bible testimony is <clears throat> that gratitude genuinely expressed is always going to include praise for God, and praise for God genuinely seated in the heart will always give rise to gratitude. They're connected. See, to praise God is to speak well of Him, to tell of His excellence and glory and acknowledge His power. All of that is embedded in gratitude, so I think them to be inseparable. And I will tell you, we need more gratitude. Gratitude to God. It is so easy these days to complain. Our society makes it very easy to repeat complaints and to be engaged in nothing but a recital of all of our complaints about the world and people and everything. No need to search or research to find something to complain about. In our society, it's right there in front of us all the time. There are reasons that pop up every day to complain. And the danger is the devil can use that complaining negative spirit against you to erode your joy <coughs> and crush your hope and create bitterness and take you away from God. Gratitude's the answer. Spend more time counting your blessings and praising God for all the good He enables you and me to participate in. If you want to get something stuck in your mind that you can't seem to get away from, make it gratitude and praise to God. Gratitude and praise to God. It's what Christians do. Gratitude and praise to God. Prayer. I mentioned earlier, I'm going to Acts 4 now. I mentioned earlier Peter and John preaching the gospel, and the authorities in Jerusalem didn't like that at all. 
there, there was a dictatorial form of censorship <clears throat> that wasn't as subtle as it is today. They would just call preachers in and say, shut up. Don't preach the gospel. And that's what happened. A man was healed by the power of God that he gave to the apostles. The authorities didn't like it, so they just brought Peter and John in and told them to stop it. Shut up. Don't preach that message. And they released them. Peter and John did not stop preaching. When they were released, here's what Luke reports. I'm at Luke I'm sorry, Luke is the writer. I'm in Acts 4 at verse 23. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priest and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus." whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. The prayer of Peter and John and these Christians was not, Lord, what do we do now? The authorities have told us to shut up. What do we do now? The prayer expressed no bitterness, no anger. They didn't say, this is it, we quit. They acknowledged God as the sovereign creator. They spoke of Jesus as God's holy servant. What were they doing? They were praising God. They said, Lord, grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. They were praising God. They were asking God to protect them, not for their own sake, but for the sake of spreading the gospel. Yes, it's what Christians do. When good work is reported, that's an occasion to praise God for His excellence, His providential grace to us. There came a time <clears throat> in the very early days of the spread of the gospel that Jews and Gentiles, <clears throat> Jews and Gentiles were coming together, being obedient to the gospel, and they were now together in local churches, and these are people who hadn't been together before. This is diversity. 
And there were some rough spots in the progress of that unity as Jews and Gentiles came together. But the apostles applied wisdom from the Holy Spirit. And a letter went out, and there is this statement in Acts 15, 31. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. When we see Christians doing their best, united, seeking to grow, staying together against the struggles of persecution or temptation or whatever it might be, it's time to praise God, to bring up His excellence and power and grace right here in the growth of new Christians in this place. There's reason to praise God. In the interest of parents who get together each month and talk about applying Scripture in their families, praise God for that. Look for the little things and decide if God's work is being done. We will not call it little. We will praise Him. We will be encouraged and we will praise God because <clears throat> it's what Christians do. Tell you this is on my mind because <clears throat> I was in Burnett, Texas last week through Wednesday night. And then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday I spoke at the Northwest Church of Christ in Austin. And I was so encouraged. And I want to share with you that God's people in those places are active. They're looking for ways to do more. They are at peace. They're putting their struggles behind them. And they are so anxious to hear God's Word preached. When we hear these reports, and we know of people who are doing what is right, and wanting to move against the odds and the risk of public faith, it causes us to mention and even to sing and shout the greatness of God who works among His people. It's what Christians do. Praise is so much more than just a word or phrase to repeat. Praise is a state of mind that finds expression as we maintain good relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We praise God in worship, in song, in prayer, in evangelism, and then I hope in daily life, our lives praise God and we speak our gratitude and reverence to Him that others hear, believing firmly that He is worthy of praise. Would you open, please, to the 145th chapter of the book of Psalms? I'm going to read that. The 145th chapter of the book of Psalms, and that will bring our study to a conclusion. But listen carefully now. <clears throat> I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise 
your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. All the works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and rises up all, raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cries and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. Let's be standing as we sing. The blood of Jesus 